two people claim to know everything about something, but only one knows anything. President Roosevelt wore an anti-gravity belt. Dinosaurs had two brains. Lucky kids live on Mars and go to school in flying cars. Or at least they will one day. Believe me, I'm a historian. An astronaut or drive a DeLorean. Would I lie? It's hard to say. The Big Fifth. Can you spot the lie? The Big Fifth. Some pigs can fly. The Big Fifth. But if you ask me why, can you trust the answer? This is the Big Fib. And now, here's your host, Deborah Goldstein. Welcome to the Big Fib, the game show where kids choose between the lofted hambone of truth and the sour apple deadwood of lies. I'm your host, Deborah Goldstein, and in the studio today is our sound effects robot, Lisa, whose name stands for Live in Studio Audience. And the next sound you'll hear will be the sound of an email message I received that I have digitized for your listening pleasure. Ooh, fun. Yes, do play the listener question for us. Uh, I said the next sound would be the digitized message, but then you had to chime in with your, oh, fun, please, a question for us. Play the question (laughs) for us. I'm sorry. Okay, do it again. And this time, I'll wait for you to play the file. And you know what? You ruined the moment. Oh. I'm just going to play it. Okay, but I'm really sorry. No, I'm sorry. Do robots have fast food? I don't know. Oh, you want me to answer? Yes, please. Well, I mean, I guess all robot food is fast food. <laughs> you see, uh, we don't even wait to chew our food before we swallow it. Ooh, kids don't try that at home. We try to eat as quickly as possible because the faster the food goes down, the better the burp. Again, please don't try that at home. Lisa, can you even taste the food if you eat that fast without chewing? Ah, oh, sure. Our Android mounts are equipped with hundreds of sensors that scan and analyze and process and analyze, scan and scan, analyze all the flavor components in a nanosecond. Okay, and why do you try to eat so fast to generate burps? I'm a sound effects robot, Deborah. And making fast food burping sounds is just plain fun. Mm. And then I can save each burp sound into my burping folder. Let's see if I can play one for you. (laughs) Oh, my. That was my whipped cream-covered lasagna burp. Oh, delightful. Oof. Uh, that was the meatloaf seltzer burp. Okay, I think we're good now. We get the picture. I mean, you want a picture of that? No, definitely not. Okay, do you want to hear my moldy pineapple pizza omelet burp? Well, that sounds very tempting. I think we really need to move on. So, thank you for telling us about fast food. Now, please tell us about how our game works. Every week, we bring on two grown-ups, one, yeah, expert, other, boo, liar. And it's the job of a human child to help us figure out who is who, because no one can spot a liar better than a kid. What are we lying about today, Deborah? We are lying about bowling, a game in which large, heavy balls are rolled down a lane to knock down pins. Let's learn about bowling with our big fib contestant. Who would our contestant be today, Lisa? Our human child contestant is a 10-year-old who wants to be a marine biologist, Jackson Todd. Hello, Jackson Todd. How are you? Good. Excellent. Tell us, why do you want to be a marine biologist? Because I believe that fish are friends. Hmm. And um, I love the ocean. Yes, the ocean sounds lovely and looks lovely and is lovely to be in. It's like a bowling alley. It's like a bowling alley. We are going to learn more about you, Jackson, 
We're going to do that by playing Two Truths and a Lie. You, Jackson, will tell us three facts about yourself. Two of those facts will be, in fact, true. One of those facts will be, in fact, a lie. And we have to figure out which one it is. Jackson, tell us your three facts. I can solve a three-by-three Rubik's Cube in less than two minutes. Whoa. I have a fish named Bubbles. I wrote a book called Operation Aqua. Mm. Okay, well, I feel like this could be a trap in some way. What do you think, Lisa? Yes, it's clearly a trap, but I am too clever to fall into it. (laughs) He says he wrote a book titled Operation Agua. Aqua. 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 See, that was the first part of his trap. Very clever. (laughs) He says he has a pet fish named Bubbles. Mm -hmm. Yes. And previously, he said that fish are friends. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He says he can solve a three-by-three Rubik's Cube in less than two minutes. Mm -hmm. He does say that. Mm -hmm. He says all these things, but what he does not say, and I present to you now, his friend, the fish, is named Ronald. That (laughs) one is the lie. Nice try, dude. Okay. Is that true? Which one of those facts is actually a lie? I have a fish named Bubbles. You got it correct. (laughs) Told you. Yeah, it's wrong. Oh my gosh, Lisa. I don't even have a fish. (gasps) He doesn't even have a fish. I knew it was a trap. I will once I have space for it. Oh, you don't need space for it. You need water for it. Yeah, but... Unless you're getting a space fish. Where would I put the water? Good question. You got pockets, don't you? (laughs) Get a pocket aquarium. That was very good lying, I have to say, Jackson, which means to me you're probably going to figure out who our liar is pretty easily. That's what I'm thinking. And what do you know about bowling, Jackson? Have you ever gone bowling? Yes, I have. In fact, my brother was in a bowling tournament. Wow. Whoa. That's cool. So you went to go see him play? No, it was before I was born. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. But maybe it's just in the blood, yes. right? Something you're just born to do yes. and born knowing about. All right. We are going to get on with the game. Lisa, can we get some music for our bowling experts? Here they come, they have some balls in their hand and watch out pins, they're bowling experts. Yeah! (laughs) That's rocking, okay. Our first expert is Tom Frenzel. Tom, please introduce yourself to Jackson. Hi, I'm Tom Frenzel, and I am a bowling scientist. Okay, thank you, Tom. Let's meet our second expert, Molly Carmona. Molly, please introduce yourself to Jackson. Hello, I'm Molly, and I'm a professional bowler with the PWBA. Okay. (laughs) Drop it like it's hot. Tell us about those sounds you're rolling out, Lisa. I'm rolling out sounds because it's hot seat time. That is correct. It is hot seat time. That's when we put our experts on the hot seat while they answer Jackson's questions. Lisa, whom should we put on the hot seat first? I'm going with Molly Carmona Mm -hmm. because her name sounds like Holy Cannoli, which is fun to (laughs) shout. You ever shouted, Holy Cannoli? And then you could do Molly Carmona. Oh, yeah. That does have a ring to it. I kind of like it. Sort of fun. I like it. It's what I do on the weekends. (laughs) Nice. Okay, Jackson, you're going to ask your first question to Molly. What is that question? What was the scariest thing that ever happened in your work? Yeah, I think the scariest thing was at one of my early tournaments in my professional career. I was in the middle of a swing and my 
index finger hadn't totally released from the ball when it was flying <gasps> through the air. Ooh. So I actually dislocated <gasps> my playing finger and it was more scary than dangerous. It was very painful, but, you know, with uh, physical therapy and everything, we're back in the saddle. Oh my gosh. There's a saddle in bowling? There was that day, yes. I see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now take it away, Jackson. This is for both of you. How did you get into the bowling business? So for me, I have always enjoyed bowling from when I was a kid. And there's a movie that I watched that really got me into it. If you remember the Flintstones movie, I think just watching the characters kind of do the twinkle toes thing was always very fun for me. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So I asked my parents to take me bowling and they saw that I really had a love for it and not just a talent, but I really, really enjoyed it. So I signed up for my high school league and then bowled for my college team in Boston, Massachusetts, and was scouted to join the PWBA. And I've been bowling ever since for about 10 years. Wow. Mm. Okay, Tom? Sure. Yeah, we all love Fred Flintstone. He's great. (laughs) Kind of similar. I started taking bowling lessons when I was 11. I got into it because my brother was into it and I wanted to be like my big brother, right? So, But we took bowling lessons in bold league until we were about ready to go to college and we kind of dropped out of it for a while. But I ended up going to college and getting a degree in physics and I was looking for a job after college and wasn't really finding much. And when I found the posting for bowling research engineer, I'm like, okay, I got youth bowling and I've got physics. So if I don't get this, I'm not going to get a job. So uh, luckily I got that job and I've been here for about eight years now. Yeah, because everyone knows that when you study physics, that's a path to bowling. Naturally. It's a gateway, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, Jackson. What are the requirements or experience needed to get your job? And that one's for Molly. Well, I think really the beautiful thing about professional bowling is that it really just comes down to the talent. As long as you have experience with bowling and you're able to compete at that level. One thing I guess you need is an agent. So I was bowling for my college team. And then after I graduated, I was put in contact with somebody from one of my networks on the bowling team, someone who could help sort of make the connections between me and the professionals. And so I guess that's one thing that you need, but I think it's one of the fairer sports where there aren't as many barriers to entry because it's really just talent and having someone who can make the first connection for you. Mm. Tom, how was bowling invented? That's a great question. And honestly, it dates all the way back to the Egyptians. So, I mean, people have been setting up sticks and knocking them down with balls for a very, very, very long time. It was popularized in America in in the 1800s, and it got more and more popular. And my company that I worked for was actually founded in 1895 as the American Bowling Congress. So we've got about 126 years of regulating bowling, um, including equipment and how the game is played to morph it into what it is today. The ancient Egyptians, the if you've ever seen the pyramids, those were originally bowling pins. <laughs> uh, not sure about that, but surely you've heard the song Bowl Like an Egyptian. Bowl Like an Egyptian. Ayo, ayo. 190 points. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> that was a good song. Yeah, classic. Go ahead, Jackson. All right, this one's for both of you. How are bowling balls made? 
You have to pick them when they're uh, ripe, <laughs> and you pick them off the tree, and then you peel them, mm-hmm. and then you polish them, and then you drill the holes in. That's part of the process, Lisa, but I could describe a little bit of it. Oh, okay, maybe I'm... Please yeah. do. All right, so there are three major parts to a bowling ball. There's the core, the filler, and the outside, which is called the cover shock in the bowling biz. And so big motorized machines use polymer blends and sort of take this liquid that then hardens into each of the parts. So there's a core that kind of looks like a a funny oblong box that's full, and then that goes in the inside. Then there's a different kind of plastic that goes around that, and that's the round part. And then there's a harder surface that goes around that. Those are the three parts, and then they paint it with all the fun colors, and that's called the veneer. And then a big machine uses water and kind of sanding paper to sand it down, depending on the level of performance that the ball needs to do. So at your uh, recreational bowling alley, those balls tend to have like less friction and can do kind of different things than a professional bowling ball would do. And then finally, the finger holes are drilled in. Mm. Some people who have really sharp fingers, they don't even have to drill them in. They just like poke their fingers in. Nope. Maybe robots can do that, but not humans. That's what I meant. When I say people, I mean robots. I always forget. Uh Yeah, not everyone has drill fingers. Correct. (laughs) Yeah, which is a shortcoming. It is. It's true. The fun part is bowling balls, usually they have three finger holes, but they can actually have up to 10, depending on what you want to do with the ball. So if you want to do like a two-handed throw, or you just want to have different options for where you place your fingers, you could do that. And in my um, in my collection of balls, because as a professional, I just have a bunch of bowling balls from over the years. I have one with 10, and it's one of my favorites. That's actually against the rules. Um, oh, is it? Is it? You can have up to one hole per gripping hole per finger in your bowling ball, but you can only use one hand. All right, but hold on, hold on. What about spider players? <laughs> you can bowl with two hands, but you can only have holes for one hand. That is true, but it would still be allowed. So I'm going to allow this rule. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jackson. Interesting that we have some controversy on the bowling lane, but going back to you now. All right, this is for Tom. What changes do you see, if any, to bowling as a sport? Oh, Well, there's lots of up-and-coming new technologies in bowling. Uh, One of the most prevalent new technologies is a string pin setter. So versus traditional pins, which we call free fall, are set by a machine that lets go of them in spot, manufacturers are making a new type of machine that hoists the pins up with strings. Mm. And what that does is it removes some moving parts in the machines. It makes them run on less energy, more efficient. There's lots of good business reasons for it. So one of my research projects has been actually researching how does that change the game if you operate the pins that way. Some other companies like the World Bowling just changed their brand to the International Bowling Federation. And they like to play around with the format of bowling as far as how it's scored or how many people bowl in a single game. And ultimately their goal is to figure out, you know, how is bowling going to end up in the Olympics as an Olympic sport? So that's kind of one of the overarching things that bowling's wanted to do for a long time is join the Olympics. And hopefully one day we'll get there. That'd be a really nice, good thing for bowling. Absolutely. Those were excellent questions. Thank you. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Big Fib is brought to you by Pretty Litter Cat Litter. When my cat Arlo is healthy, he's happy. And that makes me happy. But since I'm not a mind reader, I don't always know when he is unwell. Helping me keep tabs on my cat's health is just one of the reasons I use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell. Like, not to brag, but when people come over, they might not know that I have a cat unless Arlo, who's huge, is in the room. Because the cat smell is not there. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can, which is really great because I'm lazy. And here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in my cat, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. Cats are, like, really sneaky, and you often don't know how they're feeling. And the worst part of that is sometimes you don't know when they're sick. So knowing when my cat is sick based on the litter changing color is a game changer. And Pretty Litter ships free right to my door in a small, lightweight bag. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash bigfib and use code bigfib to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash bigfib, code bigfib, to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash bigfib, code bigfib. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you love the Big Fib, then check out Story Pillar, a podcast for kids and their grown-ups. Join Sneak, Bean, Sparky, and Meg as they tackle sticky social situations, explore stories from all over the world, and pick up great advice from listeners like you. They also save plenty of time for laughing and being silly. So if you've got feelings, love stories, and are open for a fart joke or ten, Story Pillar is definitely worth a listen. Check it out at www.storypillar.com or wherever you love listening to podcasts. Before we get to the show, if you want to listen ad-free, go to gzmshows.com slash subscribers. That's gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Okay, it's time for the Shorts on Fire round, and that is when our experts have to answer as many questions as they can before time runs out. Lisa will set a timer for the first expert, and then Jackson will ask questions until Lisa's timer sounds. Then Lisa resets the timer for our next expert to do the same. Experts, get ready to strike while the iron's hot. Jackson, let's start with Tom. You can ask him your Shorts on Fire questions. Now, how many pins are set up in a bowling frame? Ten. How fast can a pro bowler throw a bowling ball? They can throw a bowling ball sometimes as fast as 30 miles an hour. What is it called when you bowl nine strikes in a row? A nine-bagger. Called a woohoo! <laughs> what letter do we use on a score sheet when we get a strike? An X. What is it called when a bowler repeats shots? Repeatability. What is this special kind of spare that leaves four pins in the shape of a diamond? The bucket. The oopsie. <laughs> no. Name the bowling alley where Fred Flintstone went bowling. 
the quarry lanes. I don't know. <laughs> Why do different bowling lanes play differently? Different friction on the lane and different oil patterns put out on the lane. Name one difference between house bowling balls and custom bowling balls. The biggest difference is the cover stock material. And that is time. That is the time of our lives. We just had it. <laughs> that was it. No more time. Okay, we are going to reset the timer, aren't we, Lisa? You know, I had it on my to-do list for tomorrow, but I'll just do it today. I appreciate that. No time like the present. Okay, Jackson will ask questions for Molly now. How many strikes do you need to get a perfect score of 300? 12 strikes. What force causes spinning balls to curve or hook? The centripetal force. What is it called when a bowler gets four strikes in a row? That's called a tetrad. Who was the youngest bowler to ever score a perfect game in an event at the age of nine years old? I know her first name was Hannah. Uh, pass. Hannah Montana. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call bowlers who use a lot of wrist action to put a high number of turns and power into their shots? Oh, crankers. Show-offs. <laughs> that too. What is the bowling game where the gutters are all blocked? Oh, that's bumper bowling. What is it called when there are two or more pins that are separated by a large gap on the second shot? Split. A problem. <laughs> who was the character who fell asleep for 20 years after playing nine pins all night and woke up after he slept through the American Revolution? Oh, I have a cat named this. Rip Van Winkle. <laughs> okay, that is time. <laughs> oh, time. That is time. Very good. That was great. That match felt like a clean game for both of you. It's decision time. Jackson must split truth from lies to figure out who is fibbing. Jackson, who is our big fibber? I think it's Molly. <gasps> Why do you think Molly is our big fibber? Tom gave more um, explanatory, however you say that word. He gave a lot more big answers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, Molly, I couldn't, a lot of this stuff, some of it was correct, some of it I don't think was Okay, okay. That's why I think that Molly is the liar. Okay, so Tom used a lot of details and explanations. Molly's questions, you're skeptical about a couple of the answers. Very good thinking. I like all of that logic. But let's see if you are correct. Will the bowling expert please say, I am the bowling expert? I'm Tom Frenzel, and I'm the bowling expert. You got it right, Jackson. Oh my gosh, that's right. Tom Frenzel is a bowling science expert who oversees research projects at the United States Bowling Congress, a nonprofit that provides rules and regulations for certified bowling competitions for the entire country. How cool. Okay, that was very good, Jackson. I'm very impressed. But it is time to do some fact-checking. Tom, let's address some of the lies you heard. Well, the first thing that was skeptical was, and actually like the first question when you asked her something scary, and she said she dislocated her, I think she said ring finger. Yeah. It's actually much more common for a thumb to get injured than a finger. Oh, dear. Interchangeable thumb inserts can break and come out mid-release, <gasps> and they can oh. really hurt your thumb joint. Interesting. Okay. In addition to that, I brought up that 
she was talking about bowling with illegal equipment that had too many holes in it. I couldn't let that slide because I'm in the equipment specs department, so I can't let that slide. <laughs> you had to speak up. <laughs> Ten holes was pretty suspicious. It was, but I bought it. I thought it was a possibility. It's believable. If you read our manual, it says one hole per finger, but then it also says for one hand only. The next thing I heard is she said something about having an agent to be a professional bowler. Uh-huh. Professional bowlers don't have agents. Oh, well, maybe they should. For the most part, they're on their own for getting to and from events and figuring that aspect out of it. Okay, but once they bring bowling onto the Olympics, I think that'll change the whole game. Maybe, you know, the the PBA's got a league where they have teams in cities now. They bowl every summer. You can watch the PBA league, so that's fun. Yeah. You know, we have Team USA. There's a group of about 20 male and female athletes that actually train here in Arlington, Texas. Cool. So we do have some teams in addition to the professional tours, but most of the tours are individual competition. Mm, Okay. Cores, she mentioned like an oblong box, which is not wrong, but they can really come in any shape and size. And then I would just add that cover stocks really come in three main flavors. Strawberry. (laughs) Polyester is the lowest friction that slides the furthest. Urethane is kind of a middle ground. And the ones that really hook the most are called reactive resin. Whoa. So your explanation definitely got the gist of it, but there's just a little bit deeper. Yes. The video that I watched to teach me about bowling balls didn't tell me about the three kinds of cover stocks. So I appreciate it, Tom. (laughs) Did you watch like the how it's made on YouTube from like yes, I 15 did. years ago? Yeah, it's a really good video. It's a really good video. Good. Okay, you heard it here. Okay, Molly, which facts did you share that were a complete washout? Well, Tom was right about the details that I, you know, fibbed about. Mm-hmm. But also the force causing spinning balls to curve or hook is friction, not mm-hmm. the centripetal force. Mm-hmm. All that sounded good. Yeah. And when a bowler gets four strikes in a row, that is a ham bone. Yeah, but I like your name better. (laughs) The Tetrad. I'm going to start calling it the Tetrad. Oh, nice. Look what you started, Molly. That's awesome. Excellent. Excellent. And then, of course, the thing about the agents. But when I become a professional bowler in my third career, I'm going to have an agent. Good. We're going to look out for that. Okay. And the youngest bowler to ever score a perfect game was actually Hannah Diem. She was nine years old which is pretty impressive, I have to say. And the name of the bowling alley where Fred Flintstone went bowling was Bedrock Bowl. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good one. Makes sense. We are approaching the position round of our match and we must take our leave. Thanks to our contestant, Jackson, a full roller of fact-finding. Thank you to our expert and liar, Tom and Molly, and to our anchor of audio, Lisa. And of course, many thanks to our listeners tuning into The Big Fib, where we stand on a foundation of truth and spare you from lies. The Big Fib is a production of Gen Z Media. For more great shows, visit gzmshows.com. Ho, 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 ho. While you're there, you can send questions for me to read on Ask Lisa. Ha, 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 ha. And find out how you can participate. <laughs> and follow us on social media at The Big Fib Podcast for behind-the-scenes photos and more true facts. And nobody asked me, but the one thing I would want to change about bowling is I think the pins should be able to throw balls at you. Hey, parents and teachers, have you heard about gzmclassroom.com? 
It's a website where teachers can get companion resources for everyone's favorite GZM shows. Six Minutes, Mars Patel, Podcast Title Pending, Seis Minutos, The Res, Becoming Mother Nature, Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog, Treasure Island 2020, The Hollow, Young Ben Franklin, and The Big Fib all have companion resources for additional critical thinking, listening comprehension, and ultimately creativity. We made them just for you. And oh yeah, they're free. Free! The people on Facebook didn't believe us, but they are F-R-E-E free. Head to gzmclassroom.com and get yours today. Talking about money can be so hard, especially when the person you're talking to is still learning how to do long division. That's why Million Bazillion, a Webby-winning podcast from Marketplace, is here to help. I'm Bridget, and with my fellow co-host Ryan, we help teach your little ones about complex topics like bankruptcy, climate change, and why there's so much gold at Fort Knox, and so much more. Listen to Million Bazillion wherever you get your podcasts.